What's the will of God for your life? That's next right here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Mark Twain is quoted as saying, it's not the things I don't understand in the Bible that bother me, it's the things I do understand. That's very telling and exposes one reason why some don't know the will of God, because they don't want to do it. Hello and welcome to Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. Last time, we're considering the folly of drunkenness, which is not the will of God for you. One source to glean from concerning this is the local police. Pastor Ed begins today with encouragement on how to approach them from that insight. Now, first of all, thank them for serving in our communities, standing up and enforcing the laws in our communities. They put their lives on the line every day. And then as you get through the thank you and say, hey, when you're going out on your calls, huh, what's the percentage of people drunk when you show up? That domestic violence, was the guy drunk? Oh yeah. When she threw the pot at him across, was she drunk? Yeah. What about that crash right here on the corner when they ran into the pole? Oh, praise God, nobody got hurt. Was he drunk? Yeah. What about that fight at the bar? <laughs> I wonder if he was drunk. Yeah. How about the shooting in our neighborhood? Were they drunk? Were they high? Yeah. I mean, almost all, almost all crime has its root in not being controlled by the Holy Spirit. Hey, was that guy that, that yelled at his wife, was he controlled by the Holy Spirit? No. But that guy that just broke up the fight, saw what was going on, stepped into it, put his own life at danger. Was he filled with the Holy Spirit? Probably. God's speaking to his heart. You want to know the will of God for your life? Don't be drunk. Just in case you didn't get that, don't be drunk. <laughs> Take it from someone that lived most of his life that way. Don't be drunk. Don't. This world, the Bible says in Peter, you've lived enough of your lifetime for the ways of this world. Stop it. Forsake it. Well, guys, it doesn't get any better. Number three, you want to know the will of God for your life? Live a life that's pure morally. Flip over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Live a life that's pure morally. 1 Thessalonians. It's to the right of Ephesians. Don't get discouraged. When you're having a hard time finding the books of the Bible, you're going to learn the books of the Bible. Just keep turning. Keep turning, keep finding them. Sometimes I'll give you left or to the right, you know. There was a time in my life where I didn't know any. I knew two books of the Bible. I can't say I didn't know any. I knew two books of the Bible. Genesis and Revelation, man. Those are the easiest. Teach me those books, man. And then remember, I gave you the tip. Downstairs, you can get those little tabs. You can put them right on the end of your paper, and then you could just keep up. I remember I got those tabs, and Pastor Jeff would just go so fast, and boom, thumb, thumb, thumb. You know, you got really a workout on your thumbs. It really prepared me for texting, is what it did. <laughs> and so I graduated. I don't have tabs in my Bible anymore, even though I still get lost sometimes in the minor prophets, you know. 
I'm looking for that book, and you're kind of looking at the top, and I'm like, where did my, did my kids take Ruth this time? Where is Micah? You know, and you're just like, you're still going to have that. You can even, you know, if it makes it easier for you, don't be embarrassed or anything. You just put your finger in the table of contents and just keep it there. You can look real quick and go, oh, it's on that page, and you can just keep turning because you're going to learn the books of the Bible. I mean, if you're up for memorizing, memorize the books of the Bible. Use them. And so 1 Thessalonians, what did I say, chapter 4? Did I give you a chapter? Chapter 4, verse 3. Look at that. They moved 1 Thessalonians. Where is it? Kids took my 1 Thessalonians. You want to know the will of God for your life? Live a life that's pure morally. Verse 3. For this is the will of God. Now, we would like, all our ears would perk up, right? Okay, what's your will? What's your will? Tell me, God, what's your will? Okay. Your sanctification. Don't be thrown by that word. It simply means to be set apart. Remember, you're set apart to God. This is the will of God, that you're set apart to God. And this is how. That you should abstain from sexual immorality. That you should stay away from sexual sin in your body and in your mind. So you're single here today? Let me paint a picture for you. To live a life that's sexually pure, that means you have no sex of any kind until you're married. Period. That's it. If you're married here today, that means... Sex remains in marriage, not outside of it. That's God's will for your life, that you remain sexually pure. You know, when you come here to Calvary and you want to go through our premarital and be married by a pastor here, inevitably, one of the questions that we're going to ask is, are you living together? Well, yeah, Pastor Ed, I'm living together. Doesn't everybody live together? I mean, the whole world lives together. We're living together, and we want to get married in the eyes of God. Then move out, because we won't marry you here if you live together. God doesn't want you living together, having sex together, pretending to be married. He wants you to be pure. He doesn't want you navigating in the realm of, oh, I'm just trying her out, you know. I'm just going to see who I can hook up with, and that's how I was raised, and now as a Christian, I'm going to live together. No, 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 no. Christians, Christians that seek the Lord, they don't live together before marriage. They stay sexually pure. And it's never too late to make the right decision. But we're not going to stand here from the pulpit as, we, as one of the pastors brings the vows of marriage into your life. When you're living in sin, they go, come on, Ed. Seriously, we're like in the year 2008. I mean, hasn't God changed a little bit? No, he hasn't. God wants you to be a good witness. Hey, I know sometimes things happen backwards and things don't work out the same way and, and that, you know, some of you get saved later in life, you've got a whole life. But listen, when you're a believer, you start living like a believer. You want to know the will of God for your life? Stay sexually pure. Stay pure, man. Make the right decisions. Do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Be a witness to your neighborhood. Be a witness to your friends. You go, hey, man, what are you guys moving out for? You guys have a good deal going. You know why I'm moving out? Because Jesus Christ would have me to move out and stay pure unto the Lord until we get married. And then we'll move in as a married couple. But I'll tell you, I talk to a lot of people. Oh, no, you don't understand, you know, we can't afford to. No, listen, you can't afford not to obey God because you're going to pay a price. Oh, no, it's old-fashioned, man. It's old-fashioned. Uh, you know, we've gotten away with it so far. No, you haven't. You know what the Bible says? 
The Bible says that you and I need to be careful. It says, don't be deceived. God will not be mocked. For whatever a man sows, he also reaps. If you sow to the flesh, you reap corruption. You sow to the Spirit, you reap everlasting life. Make things right, church. It's amazing in the culture that we live today because, you know, so many of you are encouraging. And one of the ways you'll encourage, you'll say, Oh, Ed, thank you for speaking the truth in love, man. Thank you. You're so bold. No, 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 no. I'm not bold. I'm just telling you the truth. It doesn't take boldness to tell you the truth. All it takes is love. So I don't need to work up any boldness. I don't need to work up anything. Oh, Lord, this is a hard Bible study. I don't know if I can take it. I'm going to give me all. No, no, I just, I'm going to tell you the truth. Because you know what? Your sexual sin is wrecking the church. It's wrecking our church. I'm not so naive to think that, oh, everybody in here is pure in their minds. No, you're not. You need to repent. Oh, your internet browser never goes off to the left. Sure it does. You need to repent. For some of you, the Bible says, Jesus does, if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. And if your computer causes you to sin, cut it off, man. Get rid of it. <laughs> you don't like that, do you? No, of course we don't. We'd rather have our way with God's way. And they go, oh, God, what's your will for my life? Your sexual sin needs to be dealt with. No, 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 God, let's move on to the next one. And God says, no, we're not moving on. This is serious. And so what happens in the church today? I'll tell you what happens. Pastor's perspective. You ready? 50 people, you guys get mad and you go to another church. We don't hear that anymore. I don't want to hear that. I don't talk about my sexual sin. I don't want to hear about that stuff. So you go down the street and you go, I'm going to go to that church. I'm going to go to that church because they won't talk about this stuff. Bad. It's bad. It's not good to have that kind of attitude. You know, God's brought you into someone that's just going to tell you the truth. I love you guys. I really do. I love you guys. I want to see what's best in our fellowship. I want to see what's best in this kingdom of redeeming the time because the days are evil. But no, no, I don't want to. I don't want to sit around. I don't like what that. Oh, good. I hope you go to the church down the street and I hope they give it to you heavier. <laughs> I hope you can't run from the pursuing presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You want to know the will of God for your life? Then live a pure moral life, please. On behalf of God and his sure word. You know, when you're abiding in Jesus Christ, you don't commit sexual sin. Your mind is pure, it's strong. You don't stray, you don't wander. You're just close to the Lord because he loves you so much. He cares for you. You can cast all your cares upon the Lord. You know why? Because he cares for you. He cares for what's in your mind, whether you're under the control of some substance or under control of the Holy Spirit. He cares for you and your body and, your, and the sexuality. You know, God, he created sex. And he created it for the confines of marriage. And it's something sweet and wonderful to enjoy. And it's never too late to turn your life back to Jesus Christ. Okay, so maybe adultery is in your background. Well, you've repented, you're cleansed, turned to the Lord. Maybe your whole life as a single was covered with fornication. Well, too bad, but now you've repented and you've sought the Lord and he's cleansing you and washing you. Maybe somebody has perpetrated a sexual sin upon you and it's wrecked you, but now God is rescuing you and rebuilding you and changing you so you can be that man and you can be that woman after his own heart. No more excuses to him. Because God is all-powerful and all-knowing 
And he wants you to know his will. And isn't it true often more than we want to know it? Oh, God, give me. God, what's your will for my life? I want you to be sexually pure. That's my will for your life, God says. I want you to be filled with the Spirit. I want you to be saved, rescued, and cleansed. How about this one, number four? It gets a little bit better. Flip over to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. You really want to know the will of God for your life? Then, Then have an attitude of gratitude. How do you like that? Be a thankful person. Look at verse 18. Be thankful, he says, in all things, in everything, 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. That's cool. Isn't it true that God is in control of all the circumstances that surround my life? He leads me by the still waters. He comforts me in the fires of life. Satan just loves to steal this heart of thanksgiving from us. And then once we're no longer thankful, oh my, the ugliness that comes. We get all mad and angry and bitter because we no longer see God as a precious, wonderful, faithful God. And oh, how to be thankful in all things. I love it because I notice in the English and in the original language in the Greek, it doesn't say be thankful for all things. <laughs> like that would be crazy, right? You're tooting along I-25, pop! Oh, bu- 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 bu. thank you, Lord, for this flat tire. Woo-hoo! And you're just, thank you. Dun, 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 dun. You open up the trunk, I don't have a spare. Thank you, Lord. Woo! Of course not. You be mad about that. No, don't be mad about that. But it's not for all things. It's in everything because you know, even though it hurts, and you know, even though it's difficult, and you know, even though you don't like it, and it's horrible and horrendous, you know that you have a God who cares in your life. And even though you don't see how it's going to unfold now, you can trust him because however it unfolds, God will be shown faithful in your life, in everything. And then number five, you want to know the will of God for your life? How's this one? Ask him. <laughs> Ask God, what's your will for my life, God? That's what James says in James chapter 1, verse 5. He says to those that are going through trials, but it's for anyone, it's for all of us. Ask God what his will is. He says, if any of you lack wisdom, ask of God. That we don't know so often because we don't ask. So ask God. Ask God. Now, as we wind down, man, the time goes so fast in a study like this. As we wind down, let me drill it down just a little bit more for you. And this is the second service, so we can go until about 4 o'clock because I got a 4.30 appointment. So we got people outside barbecuing for us, so we'll hook up for lunch down the way. And No, no, no. So how do you drill it down a little bit here in the time that we have remaining? Flip over to Colossians chapter 3. So you say, Ed, I've, I've lived that kind of life. You know, these things are all lining up in my life, and, and I'm still struggling. I'm still wrestling. What is God's will for my life? Well, there's some specifics here that really, really help us in Colossians chapter 3 that I want to lay out for you. Again, they're, they're not a list of to follow, like a list of this A, B, C, D, this is what I need to do. But they are certainly good guideposts to help us discern the will of God for our lives, to to help us put us in a place where we can learn these things 
in a more powerful way. We can apply these things in any question that we ask the Lord. Verse 14, Colossians chapter 3 says, But above all these things, put on love. Never forget to put on love, church. It's our love for one another that shows that we're disciples. Say, put on love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Kind of a summary of what we looked at. And so number one here in verse 16, that'll help you discern the will of God. Number one, he says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. So this is a new list. So number one, God will give you and guide you in his will by his word. Let's put it a different way. God will never guide you, never, his will will never contradict the scriptures. Never, ever, never. Let me paint a couple pictures for you, okay? Let's just say you're hungry and you're broke. You have no money and you're hungry. So you find yourself in Safeway and as you're walking through Safeway, you notice not too many, it's late at night, not too many people are working. And there it is, right in the middle area there, there is the ham. And you go, hey, let me grab a package of ham, slip it in my pocket. Because, doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible, God doesn't want me to be hungry. And here's the food right in front of me. I know I don't have any money, but I should eat it. You know, maybe I'll pay it back later. And then, hey, if I'm going to have dinner, I might as well have dessert. You grab a Snickers and put that in your pocket too. And you go, here I am. I'm in the will of God, right, God? God, you don't want me to be hungry. And here's all this food in this market. I'm going to stuff my pockets and go eat dinner and have fun. I'm in the will of God. There's a problem with that, right? Because when I read Exodus chapter 20, I mean, I mean, it's one of the top tens, right? Thou shalt not steal. So should you stick the ham in your pocket with a Snickers bar? No. You don't even need to pray about it. Hey, God, what do you think? Should I steal some ham today? No. <laughs> Exodus chapter 20. The Word of God is our bedrock. It is God's revelation by which we judge every other revelation. Because, I mean, there's a lot of that going on where, you know, let's say this. Let's say we got this single guy in the church, right? And he hooks up. He sees this girl sitting by herself. And he comes up and he says, you know what? I've got a word from the Lord. Really? you got a word from the Lord? Tell me what it is. Well, I think God has told me, i got to stray from heaven, that you're going to be my wife. Oh, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be my wife. Wait, 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 wait. You're going to be my wife. But can you wait just a second? Sure, I'll wait. Hey, God, what was it again? Is it her? Yeah, it's her, right? Yep, this one right here. Yep, she's sitting right here, right? Yep. Hold, hold on, hold on. What? Okay, I'll let her know. He just said, it's you for sure. I know it. And she says, no, it's not. And the guy says, oh, no, uh-uh. I've heard from God. You are to be my wife. And the gal's saying, what are you talking? This ain't going to happen. And he says, no, this is the revelation knowledge of God. And the gal says, look, dude, you are not going to be my husband because I'm married. Married people don't get married again while they're married. That's the Word of God. You judge everything by the Word of God. You guys chuckle, but I was a singles pastor for many years. So you'd be surprised the kind of things that came through our church. You got to judge every revelation. Anybody says they come with a word from God, it has to square with the Word of God, or it's not a word from God. You got it? That's how you know the will of God. You know, if you're married right now and you're like, I wonder if it's the will of God for me to be married to someone else. No, you're married. You know what? Not too many, laugh, not too many laughs on that one, is it? Because the world says, if you don't like your marriage, dump them. Go ahead. That's how the world teaches us. And if you're not transformed by the renewing of your mind, some of you might even be thinking like that right now. I'm getting out. I'm moving on. But the will of God is for you. 
to stick it out with him, to steady on, to trust him. So God's will will never contradict his word. Number two, God will speak to us through circumstances. If you jump down in Colossians there, in verse 17, it says, whatever you do in word or deed, in your circumstances, in life, we often refer to this as God opening doors and closing doors. You ever heard that phrase before? In Revelation, Jesus speaks to the church and he says, I'm going to open doors for you that no man can close and close doors for you that no man can open. And so through circumstances, God will often lead us. We have to be careful here. It's not only circumstances. It's not the only way, but God will show through closed doors, through open doors, whether something is his will or not. And we have to be really, really, really careful here. Because if we only use open and closed doors as a way of discerning the will of God, we can make real big mistakes. I mean, it's like the picture of, a, you know, you're at the zoo and the door is open. And you go, well, the door's open. I might as well go through. But there are lions in there. <laughs> lions eat people. Oh, no, but the door is open. I'm just going to go in. <laughs> but see, just because a door is open doesn't mean it's from the Lord. You've got to walk in wisdom. I don't care what those guys at Animal Planet do. Don't go in. Just don't go in. And God can use open doors and closed doors. I suggest for your own study today, look at Acts chapter 16. The church in Philippi was planted because of a closed door. Paul wanted to go into Asia, and the Bible says, man, this must have been heavy. The Bible says the Holy Spirit forbid them. And I wonder how that is. But it's true. And as they didn't go through Asia, they come down, get a vision they come down into Philippi, and the Lord uses it greatly to plant a church. So circumstances. I, the Bible says in Psalm 37, 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his ways. And might I add, the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, and might I add also that the stops of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. Sometimes God will open doors, sometimes he'll close them, and we need to be careful. Does it contradict God's word? Is there an open door? Circumstances starting to line up. And the number three, notice... As you're walking with the Lord, look at this third one. It says in verse 15, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. So the third thing that we learn is God will give me a peace in my heart about my decision. A lot of wrestling happens here with this sense of peace. Maybe I should go, maybe I shouldn't go. And then God just gives a peace. Step out in faith. Go ahead, step out. Doors are seeming to be open. There's a confidence. There's a clarity in God's word. And now step out because you've got that peace and the Bible describes peace often as with beyond our understanding other people might not understand what you're doing but God has shown you take that step of faith give God a chance to work go ahead and step out and see if it's from the Lord see if it's really something that he wants to do and often he will give you that peace that passes all understanding and they all go together and so the last thing that you need to grasp number four is this God will bring it about in His timing. It's His timing, not mine. Pastor Ed Taylor helping us discern the plan of God for your life. There's nothing better than God's will for you. Don't settle for anything less. We've been in Romans chapter 12 today on abounding grace. There's a lot here to take in and apply, and that's why we're taking some extra time with it. 
In addition to listening to us on the radio, there are a few other ways to access these teachings. You can go to AboundingGraceRadio.com or listen through our app. Download that from the App Store or Google Play by searching for Calvary Aurora. We're also on OnePlace.com. We're really excited about this month's offer in light of the times we're living in. How close are we to the time of the end that the Bible speaks of? In 25 Signs, We Are Near the End, Don Stewart examines the Scripture, unveiling what it has to say about coming events and the end. Many Christians avoid books like Daniel, Ezekiel, and Revelation because they find it difficult to understand, but Don Stewart will present it in an easy-to-understand way. It's our pick of the month, available for a gift of $25 or more to Abounding Grace. We ask that you call us at 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. If you're not ordering resources but would just like to make a donation to the ministry, you can do so online at AboundingGraceRadio.com. Hasn't it been neat to see how the Lord has used live streaming during the global pandemic? While nothing can compare to meeting together in person, it is a great way to worship and study the Word when you need to stay at home. At Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado, we live stream Saturday evenings at 6 and on Sunday mornings at 8.45 and 10.45. That's Mountain Standard Time. Just go to calvaryco.church to watch those services or watch through our app. Well, that's all the time we have for today, but come back tomorrow when we'll return to Romans on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado.